More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 5 betting preview where we will talk about our favorite sides, totals, teasers, underdog money line parlays, survivor picks, and of course, we'll crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread Bets. With the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky, Stuck, good shit last week. Um, I'm banning you from betting on the Browns against the Ravens, but good shit, though. Uh, nice week for the pot. Backup quarterbacks uh, got me the last two times I bet the Browns <laughs> against the Ravens. Obviously, last week, that bet was dead. Great week for the podcast, but last week was last week, so let's keep it rolling and move on to week five. Let's do it. And uh, for those asking, yes, these episodes will always be available in full on the Action Network YouTube page. Uh, they post every Thursday afternoon, so check that out if you prefer visuals. And uh, we'll get right into Thursday night football. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday Night Football. All right, week five, we got the Bears at the Commanders. I believe this was a Thursday night matchup around this time last year as well. Very low score and pretty boring game where I think the Bears failed to Punch it in at the goal line near the end of the game, but uh, Washington is favored by five and a half at BetMGM. The total is 44 and a half. Stuck, give me your initial thoughts on this game. I look for reasons not to bet there's my football, and this game is probably at the top of the list. It's going to be ugly, most likely. I can give you tons of trends for why, you know, the Bears, and when we mention trends, when I mention trends, like there has to be. I only do so when there's a reasoning behind it, um, which I could explain. But, uh, you know, teams that are 0-4 against the spread, like the Bears are, 60% against the spread when catching a field goal plus in Week 5. That also applies to the Giants and Panthers this week. 0-4 straight-up road dogs in Week 5, 65% over the past 30 seasons. Uh, and then also teams coming off a short week after an overtime game playing on Thursday night football, 3-21 and against the spread which would apply to the commanders. 
However, it's the Bears. They've lost 14 straight games. They've allowed 25-plus points in all of them. That's the longest streak of its kind in NFL history. Chicago's also won 10-1 and against the spread in the past 12 games. Uh, they're also 4-0 to the Ovis here because their defense is historically bad. Like I just said, they have allowed 25-plus in 14 straight games. You know, Washington has been up and down, as you expect, with an inexperienced quarterback in Sam Howe. His biggest problem is he's taking too many sacks. And it's not all on the offensive line. He's just holding on to the ball too long. He's been sacked 24 times so far this season. That's the most in the league. Uh, it's the mo- most sacks through four games of all time, by the way. David Carr in that infamous 2005 year, 27. How's at 24? How's on pace to take 108 sacks this year? The record is Carr in that year at 76. But here's the thing. The Bears have two sacks on the year. Two. They're averaging an NFL low 0.5 sacks per game. They get no pressure. The Giants are the second lowest at one, uh, one per game. So, uh, yeah, I, I would lean over, believe it or not. Bears total shouldn't – I just feel like they shouldn't be under 45. Their defense is historically bad, and they have injuries in the secondary. I, it's bad. The Bears offense finally figured some things out. I lean Bears. I lean the over, but no, I'm, I'm passing. This is your classic ugly, ugly Thursday night game. It's Bears or nothing, but I don't want to touch this game either. And the Bears coaching is just so bad. I mean, yeah. you, you finally start to see the offense put some things together. And then the coaching, I mean, kick the field goal for Christ's sake. If your defense blows it, your defense blows it. At least, at least you give your quarterback some confidence and say, okay, he put you in position to win. Like, and, and on defense, they just refuse to send extra pressure. Like, it's just four-man rush like they're gonna live and die by this non-existent four-man rush so yeah you know in theory it's the perfect matchup for Howell too but at the same time I don't think Howell should be favored you know by six against I mean anyone really I, I think it, I think the line is a bit too big I think Howell's one of those quarterbacks just high variance sacks turnovers you know, he, even when he runs the ball he's pretty like looks like he's one hit away from just disaster um but you know I think Got some got some weapons on the outside, although Dotson was banged up. But yeah, this is an ugly game. Stay away. But if you're betting it, I would go Bears uh, and the over. So I agree with you. Before we get into the Sunday six pack, uh, I do want to mention that we have our Action Discord server live, and a lot of people want to know where they can find the best lines for my guy Sean Kerner's prop bets because he he goes ham and like a lot of the lines move instantly. I mean that's what it is at this point. So uh, if you are in the Discord a lot of times he will drop those there uh, as he's about to bet them as well. So uh, uh, I got to get up in there too. I'm kind of new to Discord, but I'm going to get up in there too and, and try to holler at some people. So you could chat with uh, not just us, you know, other gamblers, other action experts. For Thursday Night Football, you know, Sean will be on. So uh, definitely swing through. All you need is the uh, invitation link and the Discord app. So we will drop a link in the description of this episode. But now it is time for the week five Sunday six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six pack. All right, we came oh so close, oh so close to the sweep. I, we both hit our totals. I swept the the sides. You went two and one. The only thing was that uh, you know the the backup quarterback DTR having to start for Deshaun, which I, I heard Deshaun didn't even 
Like I heard he said he was gonna play and kind of put the team in a bad position. Like and like at the last minute, he was like, "Nah, I can't go." So that's what made it. That's what made it worse. Yeah. Is like DTR. Like, look, he's you never know what you're gonna get. If you're gonna have to start a rookie again against a complex defense that shows you a lot of stuff, free stat. Like you, you want to be like have the week to prepare, right? Like they, they this you find this out on a Friday afternoon. It's like, oh hey, go run with the ones. You got like one or two days. You know, you saw the results. Yeah, it 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 was. Yeah, it was like, I mean, that, that Elijah Moore, uh, what was it, like a 20-yard loss? I mean, that just, like, it was it was just a bad offensive day for, for Cleveland. Um, yeah, 5-1, 2 no totals, 2 no teasers. It was a good weekend. Let's uh, have another one. So hopefully we can keep it going. Uh, my first pick of the week five, Sunday six-pack. Uh, this one's easy for me, uh, going with the Houston Texans, plus one and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I could give you a lot of numbers, and I will, but – I'm just gonna start by saying, just keep just keep buying CJ Stroud until he's favored, really. Because if you're getting points with Stroud right now, he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league, not just for rookies, but period. Uh, and he's impressively been able to overcome every single offensive lineman being out, pretty much. Uh, last two weeks, zero sacks, despite the O line going through the most injuries. And he's facing Desmond Ritter, who the more he plays, the worse he looks. And, you know, I think defenses are just starting to figure him out. And, you know, you and I were both kind of disappointed because we thought the Falcons were going to be able to kind of hide Ritter better than this, you know, have him just kind of distribute the ball. They have all these movable chess pieces. But at the end of the day, you have to throw the ball sometimes. And it's just not happening for the Falcons. Ritter leads uh, the NFL in – uh, turnover worthy plays so you know that is I, I think it, it could get worse you know and I know the Falcons scored single digits the last two weeks but I still think it could get worse um, so I want to fade the Falcons until you know Heineke gets in there he'll probably get in there pretty soon I, I would think although I know it's a complicated offense but um, really CJ Stroud just you know the Texans aren't world beaters by any stretch but uh, they have a solid receiving core. They've been able to mitigate their line. Uh, Slowick has been calling excellent games and, and schemes. And, and their defense has been solid, especially against the pass. And I know Atlanta, you know, Atlanta is a, a run-heavy team, and that has been Houston's weakness. So that is a, a concern. But it's kind of like last week against Pittsburgh when it's like, all right, obviously there's going to be some, you know, the Texans aren't going to be have an edge in every facet. Like we knew – TJ Watt was going to affect the game and he did. I forced like a, a fourth and uh, a fourth down, like turnover on downs this game. Yeah. I'm sure the Falcons will be able to run some on the Texans, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to it and these teams have to make plays to, you know, get the ball in the end zone, I think it's going to be Stroud. I don't think it's going to be Ritter. And I think Ritter is much more likely to turn the ball over. Uh, so uh, you look at the, Texans 13th in points for per drive at 2.1 Falcons 25th at 1.4. I still think Houston is due for some red zone regression. They're 31st in touchdown conversion rate in the red zone uh, where Atlanta is fifth on defense. I think both of those are going to re- regress to the mean, but the, the quarterback matchup is just absurd. Like Stroud is third in yards per attempt at 8.0 Ritter's 26th. Uh, Stroud is third in adjusted net yards and attempt at 7.7 Ritter is 29th at 4.1 EPA Stroud is uh, 13th at 0.102 and Ritter has been a negative uh, when 
you know, so he's, he's losing the Falcons points every time he drops back. Uh, so for every, like double the points, Ritter is a minus 0.2, whereas Stroud is plus 0.1. So Ritter is losing double the points Stroud is gaining every time he drops back. Uh, and he has triple the turnover worthy play rate that Stroud does. Uh, and Houston has been getting better. Like since week two, they're seventh in EPA per play first two weeks, 11 sacks since 63 dropbacks, zero sacks, 9.8 yards in attempt for Stroud, four touchdowns, no picks, and three scrambles for 26 yards. So he's dropped back 63 times, and he's averaging 9.7 yards, whether he scrambles, throws it, whatever, with no negative plays. Uh, I just think the market is too low on him. I have this as – I have the Texans rated uh, above the Falcons now, so I have this as a, a pick of and this, and this coaching staff in general, I think D'Amico getting his guys – um, you know, I've seen improvement every week from this Houston team on both sides of the ball. So, uh, whereas I think Atlanta is just, it's just running out. They had one good game, really, that Green Bay game, 446 yards. Every other game, they failed to even hit 300 total yards of offense. Fade in Atlanta until we get some Heineke and continuing to uh, to backstrap. Uh, I actually completely disagree with this one. Uh, the only ones that picks I disagree with you with this year are when you've, uh, in Falcons games. <laughs> I've, I've been right on four, all four Falcons games. I think because they're basically like a service academy. Uh, that's my specialty in college. Uh, number one, look, yeah, the Texans and a lot of their the, – uh, Strouds look great. You, I, I love Slowick. I mean, look, uh, if you just look at what uh, Nico Collins do, nine yards after catch he's averaging. Uh, that's only other players in the NFL that average over eight, Waddle and Debo. That's the Shanahan tree. That's that offense that he's trying to implement. It's ahead of the curve, especially when you consider the offensive line injuries. But here's the handicap when it comes to the Falcons. One, they are a service guy. They just want to run the ball, and they want to run it the entire game. When they do that, then their terrible quarterback doesn't have to throw it. Last week, the reason I like the Jags is because you can't run on the Jags. But you can run on Houston. Houston's run has been pretty poor. They're bottom 10 EPA per rush allowed, uh, bottom half the league in success rate allowed. Um, and then they can continue to run the ball. If they get behind, then you're asking Ritter to do things. He's going to throw picks like he did last week because Jacksonville got ahead. This is probably the peak of the market, in my opinion, the Texans. And it's a good, you know, the Falcons are coming off. They're coming back from London. So we'll see what the travel does. I think this is a good buy low, sell high spot on Atlanta. But where I won't argue with you is that you have the better quarterback and there still could be some value in the market on Stroud. You mentioned Heineke. Yeah. I know that they gave the vote of confidence to, Ritter, but you, you, I mean, if Ritter throws an early bad pick, I could see the change being made like in this game early. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I like, this is one of my specialties is like, you know, modeling players and, and stuff. And like, you exactly hit it on the head. The market is only going to go up so much by CJ Stroud and eight and, and they don't like, not everyone knows exactly how much of a sample size for what stats. So like, Everything in my model says factor in all the regression you want. This Texan offense is better than like two thirds of the league, really, just because of Stroud. We've seen this, like the Sharps are on the Steelers last week, actually. Like that was a big Sharp. I don't know why. And now the Sharps are on the, uh, you know, the, the Falcons. I don't, I don't get it. All right. And, we, I got I to gotta cut you off. We can't spend yeah, any more time on Desmond yeah. Ritter. We got to get to some <laughs> uh, real quarterbacks like Mitch yeah. Bortles, Trubisky. So for oh, my... God. First pick of the week five Sunday six pack. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, plus three and a half. I think you can find a four out there, but it doesn't matter for the contest. So, um, and I, look, this was a no brainer for me. Uh, I do have a reputation to 
Uh, <laughs> I have a reputation with all that. You sure do. So you sure do. With uh, so I, I can't go one and two fading the Ravens. So I faded them against the Colts, which worked out. Faded them against last week, but I, there's nothing I can do with the quarterback situation. This is just a no-brainer. I, I mean, first of all, it's good buy low, sell high spot. Ravens off big win over the Browns, but again, it's another backup quarterback. They've done nothing this year except play backup and one-legged quarterbacks uh, in Joe Burrow. So I think that their defensive metrics are a tad overvalued. They're still dealing with some injuries, even though you got some guys coming back, but you got to mesh everyone back together. I don't even know if Humphrey's even going to be back this week. But this just boils down to what we've talked about for six years. This is a classic Tomlin spot. What? A rah-rah Mike Tomlin spot. We win the game with this crew of bodies right here today. Uh, bring your game today. Rah-rah spot off an embarrassing loss at home against the winning team. He will have his team up. They will just show up here. Low total, too, and you're catching over a field goal in a divisional game. Speaking of catching over a field goal, these teams have played 30 times in the regular season since John Harbaugh arrived in Baltimore. 17 of the 30 have been decided by three points or less. And the craziest stat of all is when the spread is three or more in this matchup since 2008, the underdog is 17-1-3 against the spread. I'm going to cut you off because I laugh at that all the time. Like, that's what the hell we paid to do. 17-1-3 against spread. And we're not talking like spreads that are like 12, 15, 20. Um, these are usually uh, pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, you go back in the score issue, you'd be shocked how many games and 16-14 and 16-13. So, yeah, it's just 17-1-3 against the spread. Also, Tomlin is an underdog, we know. 53-28-3 against the spread, over 65% against the spread. Most profitable of any coach in NFL history. He's also 33-15-1 against the spread, 69%. Very nice. Against teams with a winning record, most profitable in that spot by a mile. Guys that played for me, they can tell you one of my sayings, I got a lot of sayings, is don't seek comfort. Appreciating my resume is seeking comfort. And then we talk Lamar Jackson, who's like the new Mahomes with the against the spread numbers, right? He's uh, fifteen and one against the spread, ninety four percent as an underdog or favorite of less than three points. When favored by three or more, twenty and twenty nine against the spread, forty percent. Talking ninety four versus forty percent. This is just a classic divisional battle. Steelers bounce back here. You'll get a good effort. And by the way, I didn't even mention the fact that I. We're going to get Mitch Bortles, Trubisky. I think it's an upgrade. You've just been Bortled. It's not much. It's pretty even. But I have a, a tiny slight upgrade. So I'm, as I've talked about all year, I'm way lower than the market on Kenny Pickett. I'm not a Kenny Pickett guy. Uh, now, granted, he's in a Matt Canada system. He's not getting much help with the offensive line and, you know, injuries at tight end and wide receiver. But, uh, look, Trubisky, a.k.a. Bortles, he, moved, he threw for 340 against this Ravens defense last year. Just had, you know, three picks, which did him in. But uh, I actually like his pocket presence a bit more. He can move around. And so I don't think there's any – I think the market has reacted to pick it a little bit, and I don't think they should. I, I think this is even at worst, and I think actually a slight upgrade. The pick it just looks awful back there. He's just no confidence. He's bailing it's so quick. Uh, so, yeah, I like the Steelers. Classic spot. If I, had a bet, if I had a guess, this ends 16-13 somebody. Pickett could still play, but I actually I do think it's going to be Trubisky. Yeah, I mean, they might as well. I mean, Pickett's been awful anyway. It's just a good yeah. time to kind of eject. I'll go with pick number two, third overall. 
of the week five Sunday six pack. I'll go with the Titans minus one at the Colts. Uh, this is just, you know, coming into the year, I had the Titans. Uh, I was higher on the Titans than the market, lower on the Colts. And I think this is a good spot to, to buy the Titans. I, like with the Colts and Anthony Richardson, you know, he's, he's getting the rushing touchdowns. He's scoring fantasy points, but I think this Colts team is still kind of playing above their heads. You know, Richardson's 33rd out of 36 quarterbacks and adjusted completion percentage. And you got to be accurate to, you know, that that is the Titans' weakness on defense, I think, is, is against the pass. You know, against the run, yeah, they're deep number down two. Deep downfield. You got to throw downfield right. against Tennessee. Right. And and Richardson really hasn't been doing that until last yep. game. He started to a little, but you kind of saw why he wasn't because he went 11 of 25. And it, it, like the offense is just, you know, it's shaky. Even if Jonathan Taylor comes back again, Tennessee is number two in run defense DVOA. That's always been Tennessee's uh, strong point. You know, Jeffrey Simmons up in the middle. And then, you know, Indianapolis, this was – they were playing, don't get me wrong, they were playing well. I definitely upgraded them based on uh, relative to how uh, I rated them coming into the year. But uh, now they're starting to get injuries. You know, one of their starting corners, Dallas Flowers, and then Quiddy Pay is also hurt, one of their best pass rushers. Uh, and looks like the, uh, who was it, Petit Friere it got uh, reinstated because they shortened those gambling suspensions. So I don't know if he's going to play or what's going on there, but um, I just think, Indianapolis, you know, outgained every in every single game so far. Yet they're two and two. Um, you know, sixty-eight point three yards per game they're being outgained by. And this Gus Bradley defense, Ryan Tannehill last year, seventy-three percent completion rate, one hundred seven passer rating, two touchdowns, no picks. I, I just think Tennessee gets it done here uh, on the road. Take the money line if you don't want the minus one. But uh, I just think Tennessee has the better team. This is the type of game where I think this veteran Tennessee squad gets it done against uh, what I think is an inferior opponent, uh, even though they run a row. Yeah, I would lean that way. I make Tennessee a slight favorite, but I have no strong thoughts on this game. Typical AFC South game. For my second pick and the fourth overall of the Week 5 Sunday six-pack, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys plus three and a half at the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night. Uh, I took this bet last year, plus th- four, plus three and a half. And I would bet it again. Um, the Cow- it was a low score in defensive battle. Dallas was done in by some picks, and then they dropped the pick themselves. And then also, I think, you know, a lot of people forget, is Pollard got hurt in that game, which was just huge. I think he can actually have a good game this, this season, assuming that he stays healthy the whole game, uh, against the 49ers defense that – there's been some cracks, even against the run this year. Now you don't, you don't you haven't really seen it because they've played, uh, you know, four clowns that aren't going to go to the playoffs. And I think this is probably the peak of the market for the 49ers after blowout wins over the Giants and Cardinals. And you know the Cowboys could have close to a healthy one offensive line. There's still maybe a little bit uncertainty there, but. Um, I just think it's a better roster now. I'm catching the same number. These are the two elite teams along with the Eagles and the NFC. I would take over a field goal if you put any of those teams together and no matter where you played the game. Uh, I'm taking over a field goal. The Dallas defense can exploit a questionable San Francisco offensive line. That's what they did last year. They got a ton of pressure on the right side. Those are the questions that we had coming into the season with San Francisco. 
there's no way we could have any of them answered yet because they haven't really played anybody with a good defense. But the Dallas defense is capable of bringing pressure from all over, exploiting some of the potential weaknesses on this San Francisco offensive line. And you have to blitz Purdy. He is, look, and he's he's not a Jimmy G where, oh, if he's under pressure, he's done. Because he can move around a little bit. Um, you know, he's getting rid of the ball quicker this year and also increasing his average depth of target, which is a great sign for Purdy. But if you look at his his EPA per play when he's not blitzed and not under pressure, it is so insane because he's making all the throws and the offense is so good and there's guys when you have to get pressure. You have to get to him. You have to hit him. Uh, and that's what Dallas did last year. And he had one of his pretty his worst game as a pro, even though he still was, was pretty good overall. Uh, so I think Dak will be more aggressive here. And he's been really like a little bit too conservative, I think, worried about the picks. But now big game. I think Dallas is going to come out angry. This is a team that eliminated from the postseason each of the past two seasons. And I, I think the Dallas offense also has a bit of potential red zone regression coming their way. They've only scored touchdowns on 37% of their red zone trips. Last year they led the NFL at over 70%. Now that's a stat where there's a lot of variance year to year. So you could expect some regression, but they're not going to be cut in half and only scoring touchdowns on, you know, Zach Wilson territory. So uh, yeah, but over a field goal, I have to take Dallas here. I think this should be a really good game. Uh, the Dallas defense, I think is going to come out and make a couple plays. And I actually think the Cowboys are going to win this game. So give me Dallas plus three and a half. You and I both talked about how Dallas potentially could be the best team in the NFC. Now, you know, they had that hiccup against Arizona, so nobody's really putting them there right now. But uh, this could be a statement game, like you said, for them. And I do think they have the requisite defense. You know, we saw that with Philly last year where they just created havoc and it ended up, I mean, you don't ever want to see a guy get hurt, but you know, something like that could happen in this game, you know, Dallas could throw San Francisco off schedule because San Francisco has just been so on schedule for the last, what, every other game, but that NFC championship game. I mean, they're putting up 30 plus you think the streak ends. I, I, I think the streak may end. Yes, uh, I agree. The streak yeah, ends. Yeah. yeah. Right. So don't, don't hate that at all. For my third and final pick of the week five, six pack, uh, the fifth overall, I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals plus three at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I just got to fade the Bengals until they show me something here. Because right now, again, we're four weeks into the season and Joe Burrow can't move around. And right now, the Cardinals are the better team on paper uh, than the Cincinnati Bengals. Cardinals are 16th in DVOA. Sixth on offense, 30th on defense, and ninth on special teams. But Cincinnati is 10 spots lower overall, 26. They're 23rd on offense, 25th on defense. And, uh, you know, nothing's come easy to this team. And I I think that the Cardinals can win this game. You know, their offense has been a lot better than expected thus far. Joshua Dobbs is is hanging in there, and, and he can move around a little bit. He's not making any, you know, he's not making the, the terrible negative plays uh, or anything like that. And on the other hand, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati's dead last in total yards per game at 236. Arizona is averaging over 100 yards more per game than the Bengals. And they played Dallas and San Francisco already this year. Uh, you know, on the road, Cincinnati has scored six points in two games. They've, they've, Gained 353 yards total, 21st downs total in two games. They scored on two of their 22 drives on the road, and both of those were were field goals. 
Burrow is last in yards per attempt at 4.8. I got to fade this Bengal team until they show me something. And I think this Cardinal team is a little bit underrated, especially coming off the blowout of San Francisco. I'm just going to fade Burrow. Well, I think he's still um, hampered by this by this injury. Yeah, it's hard to price the Bengals just to knowing how much to downgrade Burrow uh, with his injury. I think the Bengals are crazy for putting him out there. Their long-term franchise quarterback risking a major injury, and he's doing nothing. Uh, he's mm-hmm. broken. He can't move. He can't plant. He has a negative .09 EPA plus completion percentage over expectation composite. That's dead last in the NFL, 34th out of 34 quarterbacks. The only other quarterbacks in the negative, Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter. Bad company to be in. It's tough for me to price this game, but I I don't mind fading the Bengals until you see something competent from Burrow. All right, for my third pick and the sixth overall, the week five Sunday six-pack, I'm going to go with the New England Patriots minus one against New Orleans Saints. And this is uh, a simple fade of Derek Carr. Uh, he played <laughs> last week, and I don't know why he played. I mean, what was the purpose? They have a, a capable backup. And he played. He was clearly hurt. Uh, I'm pulling up the numbers here because they're so funny. Uh, he just <laughs> couldn't throw it. The, his shoulder, he has a shoulder injury, if you're not familiar. He couldn't throw it downfield. Alvin Kamara uh, just caught another check down. Yeah. Kamara had 13 <laughs> catches for like 33 yards. yards. 33 yards. How's that possible? But, but 10 came on one play. 10 or 11 came on one play. So like, yeah. it was like 12 uh, yeah. for Carr was 20. 20. 23 of 37 for 127. Uh, he's clearly hurt. And there's an angle here. I think this might be the bottom of the market on the Patriots, but they got blown out. It's a good spot to buy if you look historically trend-wise for a team that gets blown out by that margin. But they've played – their losses have come against the Eagles, the Dolphins, and the Cowboys. And they played the Cow. They had chances to beat the Eagles and the Dolphins. So they're sitting at one and three. Look, they have a lot of injuries across the board. But uh, look, there's something I, I I believe to be true in the market because their 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 injuries are specifically at corner. But I don't really care about that this week. I I know that Christian Gonzalez has looked great, but I, number one, Derek Carr can't throw the ball downfield. So that's that's who cares if your corners are out. I know Judon's out too, but number two, we how many times have we seen? No matter what corner, doesn't matter. They, they have a seventeen guys named Jones. I don't even think they're real. They're just like AI. <laughs> like, and no matter who you plug in at a corner in the Patriots defense under Bill Belichick, they just grade out great. And no, oh, look, he's they found another corner, and then they leave, and then they're. You know, J.C. Jackson's just like a healthy J.C. Jackson's scratch. back. He's uh, back. He was, he was the best corner in the league on the Patriots. Uh, uh, the worst yeah. corner in the league on the Chargers. Yeah, it's amazing. So, like, <laughs> a lot of it is scheme-driven, and I think, like, the we have to, like, come up with some adjustment when we're, like, comparing how mm-hmm. the corners are graded in the league and be like, all right, we got to subtract this many uh, points from uh, the Patriots corner. So, I don't think it's that as big of a deal here uh, because it looks like Jack Jones also hurt his hamstring while on IR, so – uh, you know, you have, I, I, I lose track of all the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses with the Patriots, and then Christian Gonzalez is going to be out. Judon is out, which isn't great. But this Patriots defense, you know, against a quarterback that can't really throw the ball, and it's not really an explosive Saints office. Cars just doesn't have a handle on this yet. I mean, this is a Saints team that beat their wins have come over the a winless Panthers team with Bryce Young by three. That looks worse by the day. And then the Titans by one in a game where Tennessee had a clear defensive touchdown wiped off the board. Yeah, I, I'm just going to trust. The Patriots to bounce back here, and the fact that mainly this is just a fade of Carr in that offense right now. I I was 
yelling at anybody who would listen in the offseason, Derek Carr not necessarily going to be the savior, especially right away for this Saints team. Decent week one, although they should have scored more points than 16, but he threw for 305 yards. All right, fine. Week two, 6.3 yards in attempt, 228 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. Week three, 107 yards before he goes down, 5.7 in attempt. And last week, 3.4 in attempt. He's got two touchdowns on the year with two picks, and he's averaging 6.2 yards per attempt. He has just not been good yeah. at all. Yeah, now he's hurt. Terrible scheme, yeah. by the way, like and coaching on, mismatch. Yeah, I was just going to say that. On, and then at the end of the day, big, big, big coaching mismatch here. Mac Jones, is, can you trust this guy ever? I mean, in this game, it should be fine because at worst, it'd be a, probably be a wash. But you got you got your boy Zappy. Bailey Zappy. Bail you out if, uh, <laughs> if it comes to that. Uh, okay. So to recap, Stuck has the Steelers plus four against the Ravens, the Cowboys plus three and a half against the Niners, and the Pats minus one against the New Orleans Saints. I got the Texans plus one and a half at Atlanta, the Titans minus one at Indy and the Arizona Cardinals home dogs by three against the Bengals. That is going to wrap it for our week five Sunday six pack. Now it's time for the week five coaches pep talk. Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. So depressed. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm sick of watching you guys play. This week's coaches pep talk comes to us from the 1993 film Tombstone, and we're going to dedicate it to the San Francisco 49ers. All right, you called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. The Cowboys are finished. You understand me? So run. Run! You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Coming with me. All right, uh, Stuck, you and I know more memories are made when you're there live for NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster has got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your favorite team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, time for our favorite totals of the week, and we're both three and one on total so far. And uh, I'll say you're you've been more impressive because I think it's been what three overs uh, that you hit so far. So let's uh, make it four. Let's new do it. year, what you got? new year, new me. We're gonna go Vikings Chiefs over fifty two and a half. I know this is a high number, but I I just cannot not see this being a complete shootout. Why? Well, number one. The Vikings defense is horrendous, so Brian Flores has to come up with a, a scheme that generates pressure. So what is he doing? They're blitzing 57% of the time. Uh, that's the highest by far in the league. Giants are number two at 49%. And for what it's worth, the Giants and the Vikings are playing two of the best quarterbacks in the league against the Blitz this weekend in Tua and Mahomes. Mahomes is a cheat code against the Blitz. You can't blitz him. It's you can, Just don't do yeah. it. That's No, please uh, he is. He has doubled the EPA over every other quarterback in the league since <laughs> against the Blitz since coming uh, into the league as a starter in 2018. This year, 0.35 EPA per play, 50% success rate against the Blitz. So if you do that, he's going to put – if you try to Blitz bombs at 60%, the Chiefs are going to score 60. Like you can't – you can't – because you can't – you could get pressure on him, and he doesn't get – he's a, an alien. He doesn't get sacked. He just doesn't take sacks. So, and then he's going to find someone downfield. Your other alternative is to not blitz at all. But then you you can't you are you are incapable of generating pressure, and you have no secondary. So I just don't see the the Chiefs thirty one minimum. Um, like this is they should go nuts here, and the Vikings offense is very good. They've just been unlucky. You would think that like the fumbles, everything that's gone against them. Uh, will end eventually, but they should be able, and they'll be in a game state where they're going to have to go fast. They're going to have to be passing, um, and they should put up points here. It's an improved Chiefs defense, but it's not an elite defense by any stretch. So, yeah, I think this this has all the makings of a shootout uh, in the fast track on a fast track here. So, let's go with another over. New New Year, new me. I think this is the fourth straight week I've gone with an over. Uh, but if it don't, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So let's go Vikings Chiefs over. Yeah, and I was thinking about the Vikings, you know, classic spot where the Chiefs, you know, getting more than a field goal. But the line went from five and a half to four. I, I missed the uh, missed the number, and uh, now that yeah, same. Four, I made it four. I made it four. Yeah, yeah. So now there's yeah, not really four. any value. Um, and I agree. I think that the real red flag for me is because again, like you said, we don't just blindly bet trends. So. You know, yes, the Chiefs have been what I think it's thirty-one percent by more than a field goal since November twenty twenty against the spread. But like you said, Flores, the Vikings, they're blitzing fifty-seven percent of the time, and yet they're going in pressure seventeen percent of the time. 
So like, yeah. it's, it's, it's not even working. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it's no harm, no foul for them not to blitz, but it, you know, that's not really what they do. So yeah, it's, it, this could get ugly. Steelers, Ravens under 38. This is just a classic AFC North bloodbath. Uh, you know, you already laid out why you think the Ravens are ripe for an upset in this spot. And if it, if that does indeed come to fruition, I think it's going to have to be a defensive game. You know, Pittsburgh's just not really capable at this point of scoring 20 plus really. Uh, so I do expect the Steelers, you know, you already highlighted all the Tomlin trends. Um, he's going to have these guys riled up. I think they're going to be flying off the ball. Uh, you know, they're at home. I expect Watson. So all the Tomlin trends, by the way, they usually align like when he's the, the team's unders, hype, yeah. they align with unders. So like yeah. the defense is the defense is the, a unit that can get more benefit from like us against the world, rah, rah, right? You come out and that's where you see that energy in production. Come on, get his ass. Get his ass. Get his ass. Pack your ass up, little dude. Give it to him. This game has 16-13 written all over it, so that would be great for the under. Should be uh, one of the more windy games that we've seen yeah. this year. So, yeah. you know, last week, Lamar Jackson made a couple of ridiculous throws yeah, that yeah. I had me sweating the under at one point. I mean, that, that throw to Mark Andrews and the one before it to Zay Flowers uh, at the end of the first half. Uh, but, you know, some of those may not be there. Also because, um, again, I just expect, you know, Watt and, and the Steelers to be getting off uh, the ball here. And this Raven defense on the other side, you know, I don't expect them to just have a, a complete meltdown. They are tied with the Browns, allowing an NFL low 3.8 yards per play. And we know the Steelers uh, are, are banged up on offense. Fryer Muth probably will miss, which uh, is maybe big, you know, just because you know, a game like this, you would like your tight end over the middle of the field. Dan Moore out. Steelers only have one offensive lineman with a grade above 55 at PFF, so you know what kind of game this is going to be. Uh, the, the Texans put up 30 on the Steelers last week, and the, the total still ended at 36. So expecting a low-scoring game and uh, tw- up to 20-mile-per-hour wins uh, potentially yeah. in this one, which uh, over which also help Which also helps the Steelers yeah. for the side. Yeah, over 52.5 Chiefs, Vikings for Stuck, and then I got the Steelers-Ravens under 38. Now it's time for our favorite teasers of the week. Oh, yeah. Six-point teasers. If you don't want me to, don't tease me. Don't tease me. Try to please me. All right. We're also 3-1 on teasers, so it's been a very good year so far for the for the pod. Uh, where are you going with your teaser this week? I only really disagree with you on, with the Falcons this year. I, I, I like the Falcons. I show some value there, but it's still Desmond Ritter and it's a low total and you can tease up over a touchdown. So the Texans as a teaser piece makes sense to me. In addition to the Jets low total, that's a very weird game. It's good on good on paper with uh, with it's been a really good Broncos offense. The Russ is quietly having a good year. He's number two in completion percentage over expectation, number eight EPA per drop back. And then the Jets' defense, uh, while disappointing, still a very good unit. And then what happens with Zach Wilson as the ball against the Broncos' defense? I'm not really sure. Um, so I kind of like – if I were to trust – so if you have to say, okay, do you trust Zach Wilson against a bad defense or Russell Wilson against a good defense? Who's going to do more? 
I think the tiebreaker is just that Russ is playing at home um, and will probably make a couple more plays. So I actually lean Denver, but uh, teasing the Jets up over eight and a, uh, with a low total, it just makes too much sense in both those games. And for what it's worth, I, someone asked me, because I didn't put the, my teaser in the app last week. I only put in what I bet. If I give anything out on this podcast, um, I like it. and It's worth betting. I can't really bet teasers almost like anywhere now. Um, and prices are going up. You want to shop around for minus 120. So I'm only betting the ones that I love myself, like personally. But any teaser I get out here, you want to tease through three and seven, bet it. Uh, it's an endorsement as soon as you hear it. Um, but teasers are getting harder and harder to beat because books, more and more books are increasing their teaser prices. You want to find a minus 120 out there. And, you know, sometimes if you're had a lot of success in them, you won't. They'll remove that option. You won't be able to allow the bet teasers, which has happened to me at some places. So, uh, but I, I think Jets and Texans make sense. All right, I was gonna go Jets Texans as well, but I don't want to have all of our fate tied to Zach Wilson. Uh, I'm, I'm fair, yeah. so I'm gonna go a little bit against you know the normal type of teaser here, and I'm gonna tease Houston seven and a half. Uh, up from one and a half, but I'm, I'm just going to tease the Steelers to plus 10. Um, it's not, you know, it's not through the three, obviously it's through the seven, but uh, you are, you do have a, a total of 38. So, you know, we already yeah. talked about the, the trends and, and Tomlin. So plus 10, I mean, uh, that, I think that definitely increases the odds uh, of the, this hitting. So, and just so we're not all, all, all of our eggs are in the Zach Wilson basket, because I mean, th- both of these teams, like, the Jets, the Broncos, and I'll throw the Bears in there. I just feel like could imp- and the Bears have already imploded, but I feel like it could get worse. But like at any time, like the, these these teams could just completely implode. Um, so you know, just want to be a little safer here. I'll go with the Steelers. So Jets seven and a half, and Texans seven and a half for you stuck. And then I got Texans seven and a half and Steelers ten. Uh, and as a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, time for our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. You're 2-2, two two, I'm 1-3, and three, so I'm about to. I'm actually going to switch it up again. But, uh, I'm switching it up, too. First. Okay, what, what are you doing? Who are you switching it up to? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Houston. I'm all in on Houston this week. So I'm just. I'm. I all gotta right. get. I gotta draw even with you. So. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm switching up. So the two. You know what I like with the money line underdog. I want some uncertainty, especially when okay. we're doing this. Uh, you know, in the middle of the week. So the, I considered the the Cardinals because like there is a lot of uncertainty with Burrow. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> how bad is he? Right. It's hard right. to price that. Um, and then also Higgins probably out, but I'm going to, um, I'm going to switch it up and go, you already have the Cardinals, which I agree with. I'm going to go with the Rams and the uncertainty here is you could get cut back and cup could be healthy. He's pushing to play. 
And Stafford, we don't know if he is fully healthy dealing with an injury, says he's okay. But if he is healthy and you get cut back, this Eagles defense has been gettable through the air. Um, I'm a bit worried about the offensive line. So with the uncertainty, I wouldn't take the Rams with the points right now. But uh, I think a, a little money line play here against the Eagles team that's kind of just been skating by. They just don't look right. I don't know if it's just uh, some complacency with the schedule, but they easily could have lost. Riverboat Ron, a.k.a. now Paddleboat Ron. I mean, go for <laughs> two, dude. Go for yeah. two. They're nine-point dog on the road. Unbelievable. They could have lost to the Commanders at home. Um, you know, they could have lost to the Patriots. This is a team that's, like, just hasn't looked right. The league has kind of adjusted what Hurts wants to do. Um, so the Eagles have to adjust back. And like, the, I don't think the coaching is as good as far as the coordinators and the play calling. There's some holes on that defense up the middle. Um, so, yeah, and the Rams are, are better than I expected. So if you have a healthy Stafford out here, uh, you know, and, and a healthy cup, uh, this Rams team could win this game. Uh, for what it's worth, a, a shocking stat that I was surprised by. Because when I bring up, like, the 0-4 against the spread, uh, they've had success in Week 5. That just means, like, most of the time the market has – you're probably reaching the bottom of the market and you're buying low on a team four and against. And this is a, a matchup of an against the spread uh, undefeated team and a straight up undefeated team in week five, which we haven't seen in 10 years, but uh, the Rams are four and zero against the spread four and zero against the spread home teams in, in week five, 15, eight and one against the spread 65.2% covering by almost a touchdown per game which I did not expect to see. I expected to see a 4-0 against the spread home team being pretty poor against the spread. Uh, small sample size, but thought it was interesting when I was looking into it. But, yeah, this is a healthy Rams offense. Stafford is playing so well. Uh, I prefer the money line because if he's not healthy, they're, they're done. But, um, yeah, give me give me the Rams. Yeah, the Eagles are trying to – they're still kind of figuring things out. You know, I think the coaching, you know, you mentioned the Gannon, uh, Steichen, like that. It's taking some time to adjust for them, so – uh, they're gonna drop one at some point, you know. You know, they're they're lucky to be four and zero. I think like they'll be there at the end of the year. I think, but yeah, they're, it's, they're, they're still, it's kind of like the the Patriots when they were good all those years with Brady, and a lot of times they would use like September, October, early October to kind of figure things out, and then they'd really turn it on later in the year. Uh, I think you're kind of seeing that. Uh, with yeah. this they're also adjust like they also have to counter back. Like the league is adjusted to what Hurts and that offense did last year. Um, so you're going to see some tweaks from them, and yeah, they'll they'll get better as the year goes on. And I think that like they know that they're good, and there's still like just a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover as well. Um, and like they don't really have to turn it on, and they're going to like because like their schedule has been pretty easy so far. But I, they'll eventually get picked off a couple times and uh, get refocused. But they're they're definitely still working on some things there. Uh, and I'll go with the Texans. I already mentioned it. Uh, I just think this Texan team is is better than the Falcons. Um, I think Stroud is a better quarterback. Uh, I think they win this game. So uh, they're plus 110. The Rams are plus 180. The parlay odds plus 488. Uh, now it is time for best of the rest games we haven't covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. All right, we got the London game, Bills, Jags. I feel like Trevor Lawrence, it's like Trevor Lawrence is so odd because I feel like he's playing well when I watch him, 
not really there's getting something, much help. There's something off, though. But there's something, something off. off. Right, right. Uh, 48, 48 and a half is the total. Uh, Bills are favored by five and a half. The Bills, I mean, they've blown three straight teams out. Uh, but all those teams have bad defenses, you know, or, or shaky defenses at least. You know, Raiders are bad. The Commanders, yeah. And then uh, who was it? Dolphins are bad. Now the Jags are kind of middle of the pack defense. I'm not too high in their defense, but I don't know. What do you, you think this is like another Bills smash fire? Like three in a row, I feel like. It's t- it's kind of hard a to good, keep that going. Yeah, there's something off with Jacksonville that I can't quite put my finger on. Like, how how is Atlanta getting back into that game last week? Um, with Ritter just like throwing the ball to them, and they had a big lead against the Falcons. Like that should never happen. Um, uh, yeah, I can't quite put my finger on it. So it's something's still off of them, but it's a great spot. Like you're in London again for a second straight week. You're getting the Bills off three straight smash ones, including like a big emotional win over Miami. Now they're coming over the pond. Uh, and they have secondary issues now. Uh, yep. Awful injury with Trey White. Um, and they have some other injuries they're dealing with, too, in the secondary. However, it's a bad matchup for the Jags, D, because they're, they're, they're like middle of the pack defensive. But their, their weakness by far still is their secondary. Yeah. Right? So, like, their run defense is really good. And that kind of buoys their entire defensive profile. So, like... You know what has to happen here? You have you actually? I just I just remember this game. I was about to bring it up. Josh Allen has to have a big game. The other Josh Allen. Uh, remember when the Bills? Oh my went God! Down. Josh Allen, a sack! Uh, Josh Allen! Josh oh Allen. my God! I'm going to keep saying it uh, over and over again. I don't care what other game is on. Guys. We're going to go eight Josh Allens on the Octobox. Allen hit from behind, and there it is: a sack for Josh Allen against Josh Allen. Like, that game Jesus. was – I just remember that game. I didn't even dig into that game before. 9-6 was that game. Just a, a weird game. But that's what happens. That's, you have to remember, that's what happens in the NFL. You know, teams look great, and then, you know, the Cowboys lose to the Cardinals. The Bills aren't going to beat every team by 40. So, I think the spot is the Jags. And then, you know, you throw in the Bills injuries. But I just don't like the matchup. And something's a little off with the with the, the Jaguars. The but yeah. Jacksonville offense – I this line is just sitting in a you know a begging zone. You. They're begging you to take that five and a half. Like yeah, so to I'm gonna wait. I might I lean Jacksonville here. Um, I think the line is just from a numbers perspective. I think it's a little too high. I think the spot's good. Throwing the Bills injuries, even though I don't love the matchup. Uh, Nine thirty a.m. game, London game. Everyone wants a little action on it. I'll I'll, I'll have something small on Jacksonville. I would love to get a six. Um, we're not gonna get a seven. But uh, I won't have anything big on there just because I don't love the matchup. And I just can't figure out what's wrong with this Jags offense. But uh, I'll have something small on the Jaguars, but I'm, I'm going to wait it out because it's a you know in a dead range right now unless it ticks up. Is Trevor Lawrence just not a killer? Because I'm thinking about, like, what is it about this Jags offense? And I just feel like as for as good as Lawrence is and for as highly touted a prospect as he is, and he, like I said, he's playing well this year, but – I just never feel like when I'm handicapping the Jags that like Trevor Lawrence is making the difference in the bet or the matchup. And it's like, same thing when you kind of watch their game, it's like, he just kind of goes as they go. Like if they're playing bad on special teams, oh, that's uh, not going to go too well. It's like, he's not really winning them games or like, he's not one of those guys when you're watching and you're like, if you're, if you have the other side, you're like scared, you know? Uh, I think I think Jacksonville's the side, and I show value there. But I, I'm hesitant for a couple other a couple reasons. But uh, I'll have something small. It's a, it's the London game. We'll, we'll don't go crazy on it. 
Yeah, you want to really love the game before yeah. the Sunday slate starts if you want to get involved. Uh, okay, Carolina at Detroit. Uh, Detroit favored by nine and a half. The total forty four and a half. This is a Carolina. This is like I feel like we're saying this a lot. It's like this is a Carolina spot, yeah. but Carolina's terrible against the run. And this is this. I actually do think this is gonna like matter because I unlike Houston and Carolina's worse than Houston against the run. But unlike Houston, Carolina's quarterback hasn't arrived yet. You know, yeah. it's, it, they're not helping him out. He's just not not throwing downfield. So I mean, what Detroit did to you know Green Bay, Jordan Love. I think I think you can kind of do that to Carolina. So I, I, I want to want I want to like Carolina here, 0 and four against the spread or 0 three and one, depending on what closing line. But they're you know, they don't have a, a spread win yet, but I I just can't get there with the way the matchup shakes out with Detroit's run game. And then Detroit's playing well on defense. So yeah. Yeah, Carolina scores like once on offense per game with Price Young. Yeah, so, uh, I think this line's a bit inflated for an 0-4 Panthers team that has led in every game. First team to do that uh, in over 10 years. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just can't trust Young yet. This is all day. Give me the Panthers if uh, if uh, Dalton is starting. Um, but I just haven't seen enough from, the, from Bryce Young to trust him to score to keep up with Detroit coming off extended rest and prep at home. Uh, so – Numbers a bit inflated. Spot is there for Carolina. If I had a bet it, if you're in like a pick'em contest, I'd probably take the points, uh, but pass. Yeah, and this is like this is another one where <laughs> like I saw this coming from a mile away, man. Like one of the worst uh, run organizations, I think. Just like you know, Miles Sanders is already not living up to his contract. They're already in the market for a wide receiver, even though they doled out what forty mil in guarantees and receivers, and their quarterback can't throw the ball down the field. Their defense still every everywhere in the roster lacks depth. Frank Reich is not making anyone better. Not putting any type of stamp on his team. I mean, it is this is this is just not a team I want to back. Like until I'm I'm fine with waiting until Bryce Young breaks out and then I was you know try to catch him or something. You know, I was the Panthers whisperer last year. After what did they go through? Like two quarterbacks and on to the third one, the coach. Trade McCaffrey. Yeah, when when, when they bottom out, I'll probably be on them. But yeah, right and I now, love their defensive coordinator. And if they, once they get yeah, healthier edge, in defense, everyone, yeah, their defense, right, right. their defense can be can be pretty decent. Yeah, but I mean, like they should. You gotta get Horn back. They should have just traded. They might as well have just traded Brian Burns, like for because now they're just looking for a receiver again. And Bryce Young's development has started, and like the confidence, just like you know, it just like look at the difference between the way Stroud and Young are already talked about. Like it's just. It just kind of sucks, you know what I mean, yep. for yep. for everyone involved. So, uh, yeah, no, what, no parts of uh, Carolina. Um, and then, so we don't. Okay, so we don't have Philly and thing just anymore. Giants Dolphins left. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll get to that next because uh, we'll wrap it up with our Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. The Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. So I went Washington in week one, barely squeaked by against Arizona. Same against the same with the Giants in week two. Week three, Kansas City, no sweat against Chicago. Week four, San Francisco, no sweat against Arizona. But this week, I think Arizona can get it done. So not going with the Bengals, definitely not. I'd actually rather go Arizona than the Bengals, which is sad. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Miami here. Uh, you and I spoke about this on Happy Hour. 
Uh, you know, another one of those spots where Giants are the spot in terms of the spread on a normal, normal circumstances. But like Andrew Thomas out again, Saquon, maybe he's back, maybe not. But I think Thomas is the bigger uh, like like he's more important. They also I like their center was hurt. Their guard yeah. got hurt. Yeah, yeah. on the uh, Bellinger end and the center. Yeah. Um, yeah. Schmidt. So but. And you and I talked about this, but what really worries me about this giant team is I think you and I both felt their roster is pretty mid, maybe below average, but with the intangibles that Dable you know showed last year, thought maybe this team you could be feisty again, uh maybe maybe make it back to the playoffs even. But I just thought they were so poorly coached in that. Seahawks game and that was coming off long rest Thursday to Monday at home in a game you had to have and you let a terrible Seahawks defense that was getting no pressure that was gave up the season high points to the Panthers and you give them double digit sacks Daniel Daniel Jones does absolutely nothing you can't get the ball to Waller they're like third they're like top bottom three against tight ends in DVOA I mean just nothing, no, special teams are like, just unprepared. So I, I'm worried now. Like, I, yeah, I, I bet the Giants. Probably one of my worst bets in the NFL <laughs> in five years. Uh, that was their season. You know, they're one and three. Now you go go to Miami and go to New York. I mean, go to uh, Buffalo. Um, you're done. Good night. See ya. Um, your season's over. And yeah, I'm. They're, they're also the special teams penalties, the special teams blunders. Every just, every every play, every punt was a penalty. Every, oh, no matter every special, it was yeah. The, they weren't, and then they didn't adjust and like move Jones around. Like all right, fine, you you, you can't stop the Seahawks' vaunted pass rush. Move them out of the pocket. Do something different. Um, yeah, very troublesome. Uh, this is the spot. The price is right, but I. I you know, I show a little bit of value is, is what I mean by that. Daniel Jones, 16 and six against the spread as a road dog. Great buy low spot, but they are on a short week. The offensive line's in shambles. They need Saquon here, and then they just need to run it and control the clock and play keep away, um, right, which is like what you could do against Miami. But then if you get behind, what, what are you going to do? They also, the, the Giants, all they do is blitz. They're, like I said before, they're blitzing at 50% uh, at a 50% rate, which is the second highest of the league behind only Minnesota. Good luck. But they're all, they're getting the tenth lowest pressure rate, and they have the second lowest sack rate, and they're blitzing fifty percent of the time. Uh, and you can't blitz to a you can't blitz again. You have to, in order to stop that defense. Is why I like the Bills last week. You got to be able to get pressure without blitzing. Uh, to a point four EPA per play against the blitz. That's elite, beyond elite. So uh, you can't blitz, and especially you can't blitz if you're not getting pressure and, and uh, you're not getting home. So I just and then you're you have rookie corners. Right, who are trying to stop this this offense, and the Miami's also coming off of uh, embarrassing loss. Yeah, so you know they're going to be ready. Yeah, and Giants are on a short week with more injuries. So, yeah, I think it's a little inflated just because Miami's D is so bad that like it's hard for it's going to be hard for them. They're kind of like the new Chiefs in a way, um, as far as like they're going to be. It's going to be hard for them to cover like really big spreads, uh, but. Eh. The Giants' offensive line and yeah, that performance last week—that's that's very very worrisome. So I, I'm not laying it. I, I agree on the survivor, uh, but it would be Giants or nothing. But I'm I'm passing. Unless like, you give me 14, like this would have to go up to 14 for me to take it. Daniel Jones might have he might have pulled the 
like got his money and kind of relaxed pulled a, because pulled it's a, not a just barrow, a coach. pulled a barrow. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, at least he's hurt though. Like, I know. I'm kidding. Because Daniel Jones, I love, I love Joe Burrow. By the way, Bengals. Fans. Yeah. Yeah, we love Burrow. Hope, hopefully he gets uh, gets right soon. I just want him to get healthy. Just sit for two yeah, weeks. please. And, and Jamar Chase said it, and we should have listened. You know what? Because, like, that was interesting. Uh, when I think back to it, like, you know, those two are very good friends. And Jamar Chase, like, went to the media and was like, Burrow needs to sit out week one. And this was, like, back in the preseason. And he was like, yeah. he needs to. And, like, I feel like at the time, it just kind of, you know, oh, that's interesting. And then, like, oh, he's fine. He's off the injury report. Hey, he'll play, whatever. But it's like and we should have paid more attention to that because I feel like that was pretty deliberate. Chase probably, you know, putting that out there because he knew Burrow wasn't going to just sit uh, of his own accord or anything like that. But yeah, um, Daniel Jones, I, I just last year what made Daniel Jones good, at, you know, and I, I think he was good last year. So, I mean, maybe it was just playing the Vikings a couple of times, but uh, he didn't turn the ball over this year. He's got six picks through four games. He's got eight turnover-worthy throws, and he's got four fumbles and just one touch. And then that was the whole thing about Jones. The reason why he got the, the money was like, okay, he cut out. He's still, you know, he's still not, like, going to make you, like, make, create things out of nothing. But he eliminated the bad, the negative plays. And now he's, he's taking sacks, he's throwing picks, and he's fumbling the ball. He's Daniel Jones, like, you know. One point years, Yeah, he's, like, back to, yeah, Exactly. He's back to 1.0 version of Daniel Jones. Not even, because that one was good. That was a year he was like, his rookie year, he was throwing like four or five touchdowns, like three times. Three times, I think he did that, like four plus touchdowns. It was like Yeah, that was just that. The proto- that was the prototype. He didn't know any better. But then 1.0. This is a Joe Judge, Daniel Jones. Yep, yep. This is not. Yeah, very that. disappointing effort from that entire staff. That was yeah. like your game. That was your spot, your game, your matchup. You didn't have to worry about like a vaunted pass rush, but apparently yeah. you did. Like but, if the, uh, yeah, if the, agree on Survivor there. If the Dolphins defense ends up like putting up ten sacks, I'm just I'm, we're gonna have I'm, to keep it. I'm gonna have to take out the games against the Giants for my defensive uh, rankings because like the Seahawks defense like has like good overall stats now. It's some, but I know that they're not good. Um, I mean that boy. Uh, Witherspoon knows. Uh, oh yeah, no, they have some good corners. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just saying, like the, I know that their pass rush is not something you have to worry about. Now their pass rush numbers. Uh, Obviously, get an enormous bump from that disaster. I need, I need you, I need your your Cowboys to uh, to get that dub this week though, because I, I still got that Seahawks future for the NFC West, and they're they're sitting here at three and one now, so it's not <laughs> all of a sudden not out of the question if we could just get. Well, I'm the... gonna uh, disagree with that. That's not. <laughs> I know you got the Niners because I have the Giants for the division. I know. Let's uh, go Niners by three, baby. <laughs> Nah, man, we need this win. I mean, hey, you can spot. Come on, you you, you can spot me a win with this. You're still four and one, and the Seahawks would be three and one, and the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, I'll take it for a comfortable <laughs> Cowboys. You just win. can't get Purdy knocked the fuck out. That's like again, yeah. like Micah Parsons just can't, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah that's that's uh, that's what I'm going with. Miami for Survivor. That's gonna do it. Week uh, five, this Action Network podcast presented by Bet MGM, the king of sports books. You can hear more of me this week with my guy, Sean Kerner, talking fantasy, DFS, props, all that good stuff on the Fantasy Flex podcast. And be sure to check out the Action Network Discord server uh, if you want to chat directly. Again, we'll put the link in the episode uh, description. And of course, you can hear Stuck talking college football over on Big Bets on Campus. 
Pod every Friday morning. And you can find Stuck on X at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon. And we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow our bets, track your own, all that good stuff. Till next time, let's get this money. Let go. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.